Welcome to the Money Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Torres. This episode is brought to you by Crowdsourced Books. Crowdsourced Books provides you with all the resources you need to become a successful author. You can find out more by visiting crowdsourcedbooks.com. All right, now let's jump into the episode. Hey, I want to welcome you, everyone, to the Money Matters Top Tips for Success podcast. Um, this is where I teach and I bring on entrepreneurs, business owners, executives to give them your, their top tips on how you can be successful in business. Um, today, I have a very special guest with me, Sharag Sagar. He is the COO of Destination Luxury, an online media brand, luxury lifestyle brand that reaches over 10 million people monthly. Hey, Sharag, uh, welcome to the show. Hi, Adam. Excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. All right, fantastic. Well, let's just let's just jump right in. So, you know, the audience for this uh, for this podcast, uh, they're going to be a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people that are either starting their first businesses or maybe they're already seasoned in business and doing excellent. But let's just start from the beginning. Um, you know, where did you start as an entrepreneur? Sure, uh, happy to share. So, uh, I'm born and raised in LA. Um, ended up going to college at USC, the University of Southern California, so state local. And during my time at the university, I ended up helping jumpstart a nonprofit called Money Think. So it's a student organization on campus teaching financial education to high school students before they entered the real world. Um, and uh, so as we helped grow the organization, by the time my senior year rolled around in college, we were in 17 universities and had taught over 3,000 high school students how to become better, how to become smarter with how they spent or used or saved their money. Um, and uh, as we were growing the program, we entered this White House competition. There were 1,400 organizations that applied, and out of those 1,400, we ended up being selected as one of the top five winners. We had the opportunity to be recognized by President Obama at the White House, and we were also featured on MTV. And uh, so we got, I think, almost 10 million um, views or uh, is equivalent to like a few hundred thousand dollars worth of free publicity. And it was an impetus for us to realize that we had an opportunity to go full time with this. And so wow. I jumped right in. I jumped Unbelievable. Right in. So, Unbelievable. How, how old were you during this time or what? what year of college? I missed that. This is my senior year of college. So I was 20, 21. At the time. Oh man, um, that's great. That's that's amazing. I'm trying to think about what I was doing in my senior year of college. It was not meeting with President Obama. <laughs> so uh so good job to you. Um so it sounds like you were pretty driven and motivated pretty early on. Um where where do you get that inspiration? Uh, you, know, for, you know what? Uh I love that question. Um you know for me it's uh seeing how my my, my parents I come from an immigrant family. And so seeing how, you know, they pretty much had the stereotypical, you know, they, they had the American dream. They wanted to come into a country. And they did, you know, decently well for themselves. You know, they, um, uh, they were uh, able to, to make a living. I mean, you know, my dad and my mom didn't really have anything. Uh, they built a skill. They worked really hard. And they became uh, really driven. And so for me to see someone, you know, not even being born in the country, um, and coming here and building a foundation and, you know, being as successful as they are, my thought in my head that occurred to me, especially I think this is when I was in high school, I realized, you know, if they're able to do this, 
why can't I should be able to achieve a lot more because I have a lot more resources. I, I speak the language. I was born here. I have a lot. I have a much larger network. I'd be a fool not to take advantage of the opportunities that I was presented with. And I would just be lazy if I didn't. And, and it just it just kind of struck me that, you know, if they were able to, to succeed this far, I should be able to go and take what they've, the foundation they've established. I should be able to take it light years ahead of what they've been able to do just because they made a lot of sacrifices for me. So if, I guess to just break it down, it's really just my parents. Uh, I would say that's really what's been my driving force to help them. I do. You know, I, I think like most people, we just want them to retire. We want them to be happy. And uh, so for me, it was understanding, you know, if they've come this far, I should be able to take this light years ahead, being educated here as well, too. Yeah, that's great. No, and I love hearing that. And a lot of people I talk to, you know, from immigrant immigrant backgrounds or not, just people that, you know, they, they have that work ethic, um, kind of, it's almost like inherited. But, you know, do you think, and I don't know, um, I'm, I'm undecided on this, but I'd love to hear your opinion. Do you think work ethic can be taught? I think I think it can be learned, and but I think the way you have to learn it is um, I, I love the quote, you know, Jim Rohn's quote. He says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I think I think it's a habit, and it's a habit that you have to develop, and it's a lot easier done when you see others how they react, because I feel like as humans we pick up a lot of their tendencies. So I was fortunate, you know, growing up I had a lot of people who were just always. Um, ambitious or, you know, in the, in the beginning, you know, your parents are driving you. But even during college um, or even beyond college, I would say, like, my closest friends, people I used to spend the most time with, were very ambitious and driven. And I, you know, I would see what they were doing. And, I, and for me, I see it as, you know, we're all given 24 hours in a day. And the question is, how are people taking advantage of it? And so I was, uh, I was fortunate enough to have been surrounded by just the right people around me. And I think that's what's impacted me the most. And so that, that's really what's been a driving force for my work ethic is, is understanding the behavioral cues of other people around me. What, what kind of advice would you give to someone who maybe doesn't have those positive influences around them? What types of influences? Um, well, well, maybe they don't have those positive influences, you know, like maybe they don't have, you know, people around them that are, you know, that are highly ambitious. Like what, what kind of advice would you give them? What would you tell them? So you can find people um, uh, that are driven. And the best way to do that is to find other networking groups around you or to find other supporting groups. I mean, it's not hard. You know, you can go on Eventbrite, you can go on Meetup, and you can go find people um, who are more similar to who you want to be. And I would say the first thing people have to do is get rid of the, the wastage. Find people that are negative or that are going to drag you down. Um, uh, you don't need to immediately cut them off. You know, you don't go up to them and tell them, hey, you're dragging me down. I'm going to cut you off from my life. Just do it very organically. Just spend your time a little bit more hanging out with people that are more supportive. And when you, when you tell them, you know, what your dreams are, I, this is probably the best. Um, the best way to find out if someone is a true friend or not is when you tell them some sort of crazy goal that you want to achieve, and if their reaction is something negative towards you or they, they, they kind of look at you and they, they think you're a joke or they don't believe in you, that's probably a good indicator that that person is not, that, that person probably should not be in your life. Um, uh, and 
on the flip side, if that person gives you guidance and tells you, hey, you know what, I actually might know someone who can help you achieve that goal. Like, like let's 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 do let's use a simple example. Let's say you wanted to lose 50 pounds or you wanted to lose an X number of pounds in a given amount of time. And if that person says, here's a book that I read that might be able to help you out, or or here's someone that you can talk to, um, or here's a cool YouTube video I found that uh, that can show you, you know, this is how you can curb your diet or give you some cooking instructions so you could eat a little bit more healthy. That's, those are the types of people you want to surround yourself with. That's great. And uh, how how important is it to be careful, um, you know, who you get your advice from? Ooh, that's a really great question. Um, for me, what I've done is I've tried to find people that have already achieved what I want to achieve. What I mean by that is I find someone who's a peer, someone that I could compete with that has a similar goal or wants to achieve that similar goal. Then what I do is I find someone who has a few years of experience on top of me who's a lot closer to where I want to be. Um, so I have someone maybe who's four or five years out. Like let's say if my goal was to um, was to become a millionaire, right? I, I'll find someone who's just starting off similar to me. So I have someone that I could compete with or someone who I could bounce ideas off of. I find someone who's uh, maybe already halfway there and uh, maybe two, three years out and is a, little, is a lot more successful and I can ask them advice on what can I do to evade certain traps because they've already gone through those uh, through those certain situations, and then I'll try to find someone who's already there, and maybe they're 5, 10, 15, 20 plus years out, and I will ask them for advice sparingly, um, you know, making sure that I don't take, I don't want people to feel like I'm just using them for their time. Uh, there's always a, you know, there's always a give and take, and so it's always figuring out how do you provide that give and take opportunity, but I find people who are already there where I want to be, and those are the people that I seek and I ask them for specific advice because they've already been there or they've already done what I want to achieve, and I'm just starting off, and they can pave my road for me because I can avoid all the landmines that they've, you know, that, that they've been able to, uh, to you know, maneuver past. And uh, yeah. usually those are the types of people that can save you a lot of time, energy, money, and resources or can provide you ample resources to get you there just faster. Yeah, I um no I, I love that answer and you know I'll add one thing to it and it's because you're you're a little bit more politically correct than I am but I remember I saw I was doing a keynote um a couple of months back at a university in the Midwest and I'm and I'm talking to them and and the first thing I say and I'm telling people is you know how many of your parents are in here are doctors and you know not too many people raised their hand a couple of them did you know and I and I'm telling them, well, okay, and how many of you do want to be, you know, doctors or, or, or whatever the profession was? I named a couple of them. And I said, well, if your parents aren't in those positions, they're probably not the best people to get your advice from. You need to it's go true. find somebody who's in the position you want to be in. I'm sorry. So I'm not, not, I'm, I look at my family and just other people, and I'm like, you know, one of the best things my parents ever did for me, and I love them to death, but – when I got to a certain when I got to a certain age and I was curious about money, they were just up front. They said there's a lot of things that they don't know about money and that if I wanted that information, I should get it from people that know more about money than they do. 
But what did I do? I was 16 years old when I started working at my first brokerage firm. Um, and why did I do that? Why? Because I wanted to learn about money. So who better to learn about money than from financial advisors that were, you know, double my age or at, at times, um, you know, triple my age at that, at that age. I was younger, right, 16. Um, but that's who you learn from. Learn from the people who are, who are experts and who you want to be like or who you know know what they're talking about not somebody you know a lot of well-meaning people give bad advice that hurts people it doesn't mean and again not picking on parents but if your parents you know they may not know the right information to give you and they're going to give you information based on uh based on what they want for you that's best um but they don't know right and if you are a parent listening to this and you're getting questions from your from your children or kids that on, on maybe career advice or things that are outside of your expertise. Um, you know, no offense, but a lot, just because you're successful in your field does not qualify you to give advice on another field. It's just the bottom line. A lot of misadvice is given in that manner. So, for example, I'm a financial advisor. I'm not going to comment on somebody else's health. Why? Because, you know, I'm not a doctor. I don't really know. I didn't go to medical school. There's other people out there that are better at that. Um, so no, I, I just wanted to really drive that point home. So I, I love what you, uh, I love what you're saying. Um, let, let's, um, one kind of like other point I want to get to is, um, and this is going back to the history of your company. I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, okay, so, you know, you started in college. We see that, you know, you, you got, you know, recognized by, by Obama in terms of the competition and all these other things you did. That grew into then transitioning to your, you know, to your current business. Um, how did, with the growth of that business, I want, I want you to talk about being open to other opportunities while you're in that business. Because one thing that I've noticed is, since I've known you is that, you know, you know, the word opportunist, capitalist, the bottom line is, is that you seek good networks and good opportunities. Um, talk about a little bit about, you know, your your skill in networking and building relationships for me. Sure, absolutely. So what I ended up transitioning into is, um, you know, I ended up moving to Chicago. I lived there for two years. And I think this for me was, so this wasn't the first time I did it. This was the second time I actually did it. Um, when I was in in between my junior and senior year of college, when I was doing a little bit more soul searching, you know, that's the transition phase. I feel like around junior senior year of college um, is when you're tr you're just about to graduate and you need to figure out, oh shoot, you know what? I'm about to finish my educational, you know, my, my educational part of my life, and I'm now entering the real world to start. I need to start making money. And so it's what do I do for my career? How, how do I transition everything I've learned in the past, you know, couple of decades? How do I transition that? What do I want to do with my life? And during that transition, I ended up moving to China, and I figured, you know what, let me take a little time apart. And I wanted to explore. China was a place where I saw a lot of opportunity, and I was learning. I took a year of Chinese, too. So I went there as an English teacher, and I used all my time there. You know, I went in there. The only person I knew in China was just my aunt, my uncle, and I was teaching in a smaller town in China. And so what I ended up doing is I learned a lot about myself, um, and I was able to to work. Um, just basically, I would go up to random people, and I would need and for anything I needed. Right? I'm in a small town in China where most people don't speak English. My my Mandarin, my Chinese level was very minimal at the time. Um, I could probably hold up maybe like a one, two-minute conversation, 
and I could uh, ask for, you know, I could go into a restaurant and I could I could order basic food, but I couldn't really have a concrete conversation with anyone. So I would have to force myself out of my comfort zone because, um, you know, there would be points where I would want it, you know, I wanted to go to a certain location, but I would just have to walk up to random strangers and start asking them and try to. Oh man! Them. Basically, I was. I was Are you kidding me? Hold on. So for so for people listening to this, some of you listening to this are kind of like holding back on going to your local chamber of commerce to hand out your business card. You know, like get out there and do it. Listen to what this guy's saying. Chirac saying that he went to another country and he's trying to speak Chinese randomly to people on the street. Are you kidding me? That's what it takes to be successful. That's a tip for success right there. Um, so if you're if you're still hesitant to go to that networking event in your area, come on, they speak English. Go do it. All right, I'm sorry, sure. I keep talking. I can't get that out. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a funny point. So, but, but that, that, that's, that's exactly what I was trying to get at, is I had to get out of my comfort zone. I, I had to, go, just to go find certain restaurants, if I was trying to travel, like, I would make frequent trips to Shanghai, which was, like, a two-hour bus right away, just to go find the damn bus station or, you know, figure out where's the taxi <laughs> line or where's, where's the hotel that I'm staying at or where's my friend's place that I'm staying at. I would have to ask people because I just couldn't, I didn't know anything in the city, and this is... Again, I feel like I'm dating myself, but this was in 2010, 2011, and at that time, I didn't have an iPhone, so I didn't have any way to internationally call people, so I would have to go into my hotels. I would have to Google places. I would have to write it down on a piece of paper. I'd even write down my address on my um, – I, I had one of those, like – you remember those old, like, Nokia cell phones, the ones where you could play Snake? Uh, I, I don't know if you did that. Yeah, um, yeah. That was, like, my thing when I was – that was, like, my childhood. So I had one of those bridge phones. Uh, dumb like one of the dumb phones uh not smartphones <laughs> and uh so i'd have to keep these pieces of paper and then i'd get lost and i would enjoy it because i would have to talk to people i would force myself to talk to people to find where like if i went out into the city and i wanted to go explore and do some sightseeing or or just go to a certain restaurant i would get lost often and i was okay with it because i would have to force myself to talk to someone to go figure out where do i where am i staying just my base just to meet my basic necessities of finding my my hotel wow going back to my room so well that's great um no all all great stuff love to hear it um you know just uh, i always like to throw in a little you know curveball question towards the end of an interview so here goes my curveball for you um what was your first business let's start there my first business was um, actually technically uh, I was actually doing financial advising uh, when I was 18. I was uh, um, working at uh, no, 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 come on! I don't, I don't believe that. What was your first business? I highly doubt that was your first business. You're talking uh, about as well, a kid as anything. I guess okay. So as a business, um, you not that you had an LLC or that you had. This, no, 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 that's I, what I wanted. I wanted the good stuff. So, so okay, so Pokemon. Yeah, trading Pokemon how, cards. How, how 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 old were you then, roughly? Roughly. I I don't know, like eight, nine, ten. All right, great. That that was for context. Now here goes the curveball. Knowing what you know now, how would you have gone about that business differently? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh god! <laughs> um, well, firstly, I would uh, research. Um, on my 96K modem or whatever I had uh, back in the day with DSL, right? That's what it was. Um, 
if it was even that fast. I would research, I would just go online and figure out what is the pricing of all the cards and what are people typically selling uh, some cards at. I didn't even know if eBay existed at the time. Damn, that's a long time ago. Um, but I would at least try to figure out, okay, what are all the common, what are the most, uh, what are the best cards? And then I would then run a price check. Um, and then there were there was a local card store that I would go to often, and we would trade Pokemon cards. Or um, I even got into uh, other card games as well. And uh, so what I, once I get the price list, and there were a few times where I just didn't know the pricing of, of certain things, and people would, uh, I would end up cutting or, you know, selling myself short. So that's probably the number one thing that I would do a little differently. Wow. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I mean, I and then what I would try to do is figure out what are the most rare cards that I could possibly find and figure out where are all the yard sales related to that. Um, I, I did get a few amazing cards at different yard sales as people were just trying to get rid of all their items, and this was one of the things mm-hmm. that was taking up space. And so I would all figure right. out where all the, the swap meets, the yard sales. I mean, you can find gold. All right, all right, I'm, all right. I'm, I'm going to cut you off there. I just, I wasn't saying this for the audience. I wasn't saying this so that you can learn the inside strategies of Pokemon. Um, my reason <laughs> in asking, exactly. My reason in asking this question is that you know, age is just perspective. If you're 20, so right now, you know, that that Gerard that long ago, that's 15 years, whatever, years ago, it doesn't matter. But the idea is this, if you're 20 years old, you know, your 20-year-old self would say something different to your 10-year-old self. So, you know, that's pretty young. You know, your 30-year-old self is going to know a lot more than your 20-year-old self. Your, you know, your 40, your 50-year-old self is going to think your 30-year-old self was stupid. Um, and that you could have done all these different these things differently. But the point is this, like learn from your mistakes, learn from your successes also, and just make sure that as you're traveling down this road or you're trying to build this wall of success, that every time that you add a brick to the wall, that you just know you're building it higher and higher, stronger and stronger. So don't get down on yourself. Don't worry if things aren't going well for you. If things are going great for you, um, you know, take that with a grain of salt and watch out because, you know, the seasons change, and this could change too. So make sure that you're, if, you're, if you're thinking about and playing this exercise with yourself, so for example, if you're 30 years old right now, think about it this way. What would my 60-year-old self say to my 30-year-old self right now? Now, obviously, you don't know, right? But just play that exercise out and see what you come out with. Um, write it down, write down, kind of revisit that exercise often and do try some of the things that come up for you. You know what, Seth, that's, that's, that's actually an amazing exercise. I've actually done, I've written three articles related to that. One was right after I left my first job as a nonprofit, what did I learn? Um, I did something similar. I journaled this. I didn't publish this uh, publicly at all, but the one was, you know, after I left the financial services, what did I learn? What are all the different skill sets that I acquired? And what were mistakes that I realized were, you know, where I could have done things differently? I did, I've done that three times, actually, just in different pivotal points in my life. Um, it's, it's probably one of the That's what I'm talking about. See, hey, hey, that's unscripted, guys. Come on. Keep on coming back. Watch, listen to some more podcasts. Don't forget to leave a rating below and, uh, you know, make it good if, if you thought it was good and worth your time. Um, hey, Sharad, appreciate your time today. Um, thank you for all your help. Where can everybody, last thing, where can everybody find you slash follow you? 
Um, just my name is Chirag B. Sagar on Instagram, on Twitter, on YouTube, on every platform. And the company is Destination Luxury. So just at Destination Luxury on Instagram, Facebook, on the, the website, destinationluxury.com. You can definitely find me in both locations. So uh, feel free to give All me right, a shot. Great. I'm happy to chat with you. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time today. Uh, and as always, have an awesome day. Uh, thank you. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.